0: I um I love your pastor and all oh, your pastors they're just fantastic people. He introduced me to the uh, Acai bowl had jamba juice and that's one of the greatest ministries he's done in my life. Y'all don't know y'all ever had that? One person, three? Well y'all family y'all don't count y'all I know y'all had. Listen y'all know they put little smoothies with granola and berries and strawberries. The Lord. It's, man, it's so good. I, I love your pastors. I really do. I, I consider them family. Like, I always, anytime that girls and Bruno are around me, I'm like, hey, don't we look alike? And they're like, what? And I'm like, oh, no, our hair's different a little bit. But other than that, we don't we look exactly the same? And people are like, you're so dumb. And I'm like, no, man, this, we're family. They learned all what they do from me. Just trust me on, don't ask them, just trust me on that one, right? I, I love the Taylor family. Um, your pastor's been uh, promising me tacos, vegetarian tacos, which I'll try them once, but I probably ain't trying them again. But he uh, he's been offering vegetarian tacos. I'm more of a steak kind of guy. Like if I'm going vet, like if I'm not eating meat, I'll just eat chicken. You know what I mean? Like that's the only Spanish I can speak. I can order at a Mexican restaurant fluently. It's quite incredible. Yeah, like that's the, I, you know, how to, I, I learned how to roll my R saying carne asada, like that was, that was my whole life. I, um, I'm just messing around with you guys for a minute because I just love this church and I love, anytime I get to come to New Movement, man, I just love hanging out. I love seeing you guys and being with you. There's a lot of new faces, which is exciting. You guys have somebody new emceeing every time I come here and then they got testimonies about credit scores. Listen, if you didn't shop for that and you, you didn't care about that, you ain't never bought a house. Or anything That's a big deal when God shows up and does something incredible like that. So go ahead and keep hating. God said, hey, you can buy your house. They can keep hating if they want to. You go ahead and do you, and they can just sit here and sit on their hands and not shout for you. I'm shouting with you. I'm rejoicing with you because that's a big deal. See, you can tell the ones that didn't shout because they shouted the loudest right there to make up for it. I love this church, though. And if I don't know you, hopefully I do know you after this service. And if I do know you, man, I'm just glad to see you again. Uh, My wife can't be here, which is a shame because she really makes me look good. Um, I, you know, I I have a few decent qualities, but that girl's beautiful. And um, when, like, I talk about the miracles of God and people are like, yeah, yeah. But then I show her and I'm like, that's my wife. And they're like, yeah, God is in the miracle working business. (laughs) Yes, he is. And I just say, yeah, I know this is, this is. This is proof and evidence of that. I, um, when your pastor asked me to speak, he, he didn't, he said, Man, just do whatever you want to. But, and I've been developing a message and I had the privilege of speaking it at my church. And, um, to be honest, it's just something. And I don't preach messages, uh, repetitively often. But there are certain words that God gives me, um, that. Man, they just they just burn something. If I only preached it once, I'd go crazy. They just burn in me, and I am passionate about... Um, and, and obviously, hopefully when God gives a message, it's, it's great. But there are some uh, that are personal. And I think that, that no matter what church I'm in or what setting I'm in, they are so relevant to our lives. And when your pastor told me what the theme was, I said, okay, great, perfect. I've already preached this message 17 times. I know this one. Great. No, just kidding. It was 15. And I... You guys, you got to laugh. If you don't laugh, I get awkward, and then you get awkward, and we're here for three hours trying to figure it out. I, uh, anybody know what YouTube is? See y'all, know the old people raised their hand. Hey, let me say this. I got a little, I don't know if you guys know this dude in the back. I only met him like half the time at uh, Richmond. This little dude's a rat monster back here. And uh, what's your name, bro? Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. All right, don't tell me, I don't care. And I do care. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really meet you. This dude is awesome. I met him in Richland uh, at the Seventh Day Church over there. He was talking to Pastor Terrence. He's great. If you don't know that guy, make sure you say what's up. If you do know that guy, sorry, i just seen him, and I was like, hey, I, I know this guy. And it's good to see people I've never seen here before here. That's awesome to me. And so we, we know what YouTube is, everybody, somebody, anybody. Thank you. Thank you for stepping out in faith and raising your hand for the pastor who's good-looking. I love YouTube. not Well, kind of. I, I love watching YouTube. I don't like the effects of YouTube. I'm, I, I have to be at work. Uh, so I wake up at 6 in the morning uh, to go to work, and um, which isn't that early. Some of you are like, oh, my gosh, you wake up so late. Yeah, whatever. You, whatever. I wake up at 6 in the morning and go to work. So that means to get 8 hours of sleep, I need to be in bed by 10. Apparently this isn't a math church because some of you are still calculating. Hold on. So I didn't even be about 10. So I, I, I'm good. I'm responsible. I'm, I'm an adult. So I go to bed at, you know, 9 o'clock. I need to check this out. Oh, I'm just checking YouTube real quick. Mmm. Let the church say amen. So here I am. And I'm watching a sermon. I'm a pastor. All I do is spiritual things. And I'm watching a sermon. And then all of a sudden, there's like another video. Hey, watch this. And so I go from Stephen Furtick to watching cats play with yarn balls. And I'm wondering, how did we get here? And it's 3.30 in the morning, and I realize I have to be awake in two and a half hours. So then you make the decision, do I stay up and keep watching videos? Or do I go to bed? So I just stay up. Now, and, and I get all the way back to Stephen Furtick. YouTube is incredible. One of my favorite things to watch on YouTube is um, people celebrating too early. Oh, It's hilarious. See? I wish I'd have had videos of this. I, one of my favorite ones is uh, there's this guy who just um, rode a bike 150 miles. The only way I'm riding 150 miles, Prius. Gas mileage, car, not even a truck. That's too far. right? Truck's like 18 miles to the gallon. Guy just rode a bike with his legs 150 miles. He's in first place. He's about 50 feet from the finish line. He raises his hands while still riding the bike. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, huh? He crashes and falls. Don't all? It's hilarious. I just, and hit my wife's land because she's really responsible, so she's sleeping. And I just bust out laughing, and then she hits me. But it's so funny. Like, you, there's a guy, he just ran a double marathon, first of all. A marathon is 26.2 miles. The only way I go 26.2 miles is in a Prius. I ride a truck not that far. He just ran a double marathon. 52.4 miles. First of all, he needs Jesus. Because if you need to run 54 miles, or you need to get a new hobby, God's not in that. And he's standing there. And he cramps up the last 10 feet. Don't awe. It's hilarious. And he starts to celebrate. And then, yeah, he loses. He just ran 50. He just ran longer than any of us have ever ran, most likely. And yet he celebrated just a little bit too early to cross the finish line. I think about 2,000 years ago. Jesus is hanging on a cross. And I can see the devil just down there, man, like, yep, we win. Look at this. We have killed the Son of God. And that was a party. But then all of a sudden, hold on, somebody's at the door. They open the door, and Jesus is standing there, hey, man, it's not over. It's not over. You thought you won, and you're celebrating. But I'm, I'm here to get back what rightfully really belongs to the deity of who God is. The Bible says that he got the keys to death, to hell, and to the grave. I love these videos in this moment. Hold on, go to that other title. No, go to the other one. I know I said it's not over. Go to the one we're talking about. Boom. God promises us from 2,000 years ago that because of what I've done, you have a place of power when you walk with me. Right? Because of the sacrifice that I made, you have the opportunity to live life like you've never lived it before. One of, my, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is James chapter 1, verse 12. It says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord had promised to those who loved him. Blessed is the one who perseveres. Anybody know what persevering means? It means to keep going. Can I promise you it's easy to keep going when things are easy? You know how easy it would have been to buy a house if you had millions in the bank and you had like a 900 credit score? No problem. Let me know if it ever happens. I would love to see (laughs) That ain't happening for me. They pull my credit score and they're like, hey, bro, we got bad news. We don't even think you're a living person. Blessed is the one who keeps going. But persevere, that word, never has a connotation when things are easy. I've been trying this keto diet. Once again, the devil. Y'all know what the keto diet is? Is you don't eat carbs. You know what carbs are? Everything. You know what you can eat? Meat. All forms. Jerky. Steak. Filets. You know, you can't eat anything else. You can have broccoli. Broccoli's not a real food. You can have salad. Nope, salad's what my food eats. I'm not eating it. You can have whatever you want. You can eat. People tell me, keto's great, you can eat whatever you want. Great, I'll have a hamburger and a potato. They're like, you can have that. Just no bun, no, no potato. So what? What is that? I don't know. Right? You're doing the math. You're like, yeah, that don't sound too good. They're like, yeah, but you can have like five buns. Great. I'm going to be skinny and die of cholesterol. (laughs) But I'm good with keto. During the week, I'm a routine guy. If I'm on a schedule, I'm fine. I'm just fine. I pack my lunch, and I do great. And I look good. And I feel good. But then the devil, well, actually, no, we ain't even going to credit this to the devil because it's Chick-fil-A. Then God... Allows me to go to Portland. And in Portland, there's Chick-fil-A. And Chick-fil-A just started serving mac and cheese. You know what you can't have on the keto diet? Mac and cheese. Blessed is the one who perseveres. <laughs> I was not blessed. Because I persevered. quick. And here I am, and I'm like, all right, it's just one time, one Chick-fil-A, no big deal. And then we ate it, at Cheesecake Factory that night. It's bad. Here's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. You sound like my wife. Listen. It's bad enough when you're going to these places. When somebody else is paying and they're like, get whatever you want. Man, I'm pretty sure my order had a million in it. Blessed is the one who perseveres. I'm good when things are easy. Right? When I'm prepped and planned and prepared for everything that's going to happen. I know my schedule. I know the the exact time frame of what I'm going to eat and what I'm going to eat. We bought we bought groceries. We already prepped them. We did the meal prep thing. And now I know I'm eating chicken and squash and zucchini because that's about the only vegetables I'll eat together. And I'm here and I have that for lunch and we're having something low carb for dinner. Fantastic. But all of a sudden when things get a little bit more difficult and I get out of my element and my plans off and my routines off and all of a man, it's, it's tough to stay in this thing. The same thing happens happens as christians you didn't think i was about to make this spiritual hold on one second the same things happen as christians right we're great we go to church on saturday and we have life groups which you should be a part of and we we give a little bit we serve a little bit we go to work monday through friday our life is great but all of a sudden we get a wrench that gets thrown into the plan and now we're like god what do we do now what now what here, everything was going great. You said you were going to bless us. You promised us you had a destiny for our life. You said you had purpose. Pastor Terrence has been talking about how we have a seat at the table. If we're at the table with you, then everything will be fine and it'll be worth it. But now, all, my life is just thrown off and I don't know what I'm doing. James wasn't talking about blesses the one that perseveres when things are good. No, he's saying even when all hell is coming against you, you will be blessed if you stand there and say, I'm going to keep going no matter what I go through. No matter what I deal with, no matter who says what, I'm going to keep going. Blessed is the one who keeps going. Guys, this, this morning and over the last couple weeks, you've talked about something that's so important. You've talked about having a seat at God's table at the table of this church, at the table with this leadership. But I don't want to get so consumed with our seat that we forget who's setting the table for us and who's eating and feasting with us. One of my favorite things is hearing uh, about Christians who um, keep going even in the toughest of times. It's easy to be a Christian when you aren't going through anything. Honestly, it's fine. When things get really hard, that's when your faith really kicks in. That's when your belief that God can do what he said he can do, that's when that really kicks in. Listen to this one. Isaiah 40 and 31 says, But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. It's easy. To be comfortable with your seat at the table. If you know exactly where the table is, you know exactly where your seat is, right? You know exactly what the meal is going to be. You know exactly what the plan is, the procedures are. You ever been to a dinner that you were super uncomfortable with? If you, if you want to go, come to my in-laws. It's the worst. First time I went over there, I'm just standing there. I don't know where to sit. Like my family, we're very rambunctious, very routed. We just kind of, somebody sits in my seat, I'll just drop kick them. I used to be able to drop kick them. Now I just kind of kick them in the shin and not as flexible anymore. But we just like knock each other over. We're that family. Her family proper. You sit in a certain spot. Annoying. You ever been to that dinner with church people? Wait, no, that's probably not. you guys are church people, not you guys, my church people, not you though. Um, where you're like, you're like trying to figure out where everybody's going to sit to make sure the couple sit together and the couple sit beside their friend, but they're close enough in proximity to the pastor that they can talk to him, but not too close that they get into a space. Is it just me? Man, it drives me crazy. I hate being lost and I hate feeling out of place. It's like one of my biggest fears in life. My wife is a master navigator. Annoying. She can, I took her, I'm, I'm from Florida, she, she, and she's from here. I took her to Florida, to my grandparents' house. Florida, you guys know where Florida is? Anybody on that side, Florida? Still no. Okay. So some struggle with math, some struggle with geography. Everybody loves Jesus. He loves Jesus. We got it covered. I took her to Florida I took her to Florida and showed her where my grandparents' house was at one time they live like an hour and a half, two hours away from Orlando we had a convention in Orlando I was doing some things down there doing some ministry stuff and said we're going back to Nana and Pops to go visit them and hang out for a night or two great I'll pull up on the GPS she said no I'm good You're good with what? I hope you're good with driving. I'm trying to sleep. And she said, no, no, I can get there. No problem. You don't have to use the GPS. Okay, babe. I've lived here my whole life. I don't even know how to get there from here. And then all of a sudden we show up and we're there. She didn't use a direction. She just, mm mm-mm. Something up here just gets it. Me? No. I'm the worst with directions. I got lost coming here. I wasn't going to say that, but I... and. Listen, not like super lost. They put those lights in on this stupid street, and nobody knows why they did it. And there's a light across from the fire department, and it don't make sense because you can turn through it, but you can't go through it. Whatever. If you work for City of Paso, y'all need to figure this out. And so I'm looking for my turn because I'm coming down i Oregon, and I'm, and I'm like, man, I built this stage. I was over here like... Eight days a week for like five weeks, I had to drive the same route every time. I know exactly where this place is at. I said, God, please let me just find the red steeple. If I can find the red steeple, I'll know where I'm going. (laughs) Jesus, I don't know where it's at, but I need to know where the red steeple is. So I'm looking. I missed my turn. I said, oh, there's a turn up here. I turned dirt. You're laughing because you've done it. I mean all dirt. And I was like, I'll just go through. There ain't no go through. It's a dirt track. It's like a, I don't know what it is back there. I am the worst with directions. Oh, but my wife, she doesn't, she's not friendly about it. Mm -mm. She smiles, but she's condescending. Babe, turn left here. Babe, turn right here. Okay, I got it. Babe, go straight through this. Okay, we're in my neighborhood. I know where my house is at, woman. You better stop telling me directions. Love you. She's not here. I can say whatever I want. I get lost extremely easily, but I hate being lost. I get nervous. And then, like, old people, my father-in-law, just navigate by the sun. What? You know, what is that? This is the Wild West? Nobody knows. I navigate by the daughter of iPhone, Siri. Hey, Siri, how do I get to the red roof New movement, church. Somebody asked me to come speak in Le Grand. Anyone know where Legrand's at? Yeah, four people. See? Don't go to Le I'm a highway kind of guy. Stay on the highway, you can't get too lost. Eventually you'll go somewhere where you can call somebody and say, I'm lost. But in Le there's no cell service. He said, Once you turn off of the exit, you're gonna lose cell service. I said, That's cool. Is it right there? He said, No, it's sixteen more miles. I said, What? 60 miles away. Just keep driving. You can't miss it. No, I can miss it. Literally, I'm great at missing it. So I'm out there and I get lost. It was a straight road and I'm still lost because I'm driving 14, 15, 16 miles. I don't see nothing. I start freaking out because I realized I'm going to die. My mom loves me so much and I'm going to die and break her heart. In LeGrand, who wants to die in stupid LeGrand? La <laughs> I started getting nervous, for real. And like to the point where I started, fearing for my life's a little strong because I could have turned around, but even then I had to hit a few roads and I had no liter- negative cell service, I had nothing. I eventually found the place, And, but I remember in that moment, and when I was preparing this message, I remember that moment of what that little, and it was probably only five minutes of being lost, but it felt like an eternity. And I remember that moment thinking, man, I don't, I don't know about this. A lot of times in life, even as Christian people, it's easy to feel lost. Not, not without Jesus, but not knowing exactly where you are in proximity to where Jesus is trying to take you. But the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They're walking on faith. And it's easy to not know exactly where you are. Because pastors tell us all the time, and I, and I, I will tell you this and i believe it. God has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. Before you even created, he was preparing a destiny for your life. He was shifting things and shaping things so that when you came into this world, you could start walking and stepping into the paths that he has for you. I believe that. I believe that for myself, and I believe that for every single person in this room, that God has a plan for your life, right? We all believe that. But a lot of times we're in the middle of that plan, and we're looking around, and we're like, whoa. We think we're going the right way, but man, it sure don't feel too good. I don't have no directions. I'm just doing the best that I can, God. And we're like, God, I feel so lost, and I feel like I, I, I don't know where I'm going. God, I feel like it's over, and I'm messing up, and I'm making a mistake. God, you said I had a seat at the table, but I don't even feel like I can find the table right now. Where am I going? What am I doing? But every time in my life that's happened, God's reminded me, hey, do you think you're following after what I have? Do you know I'm taking you somewhere? Do you know that I've created this for your life? And I'm, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I do. But God, I'm nervous and I'm scared. And I kind of feel a little lost right where I'm at. And then God always not only lets me look forward, but reminds me to look backwards. Because I might not be where I'm going yet. But I'm sure not where I was. And I sure ain't perfect. But I'm not the man that I was before I found Jesus. And even though I'm not where I want to be, I can praise God right in the middle that I'm not where I used to be. I wish somebody was thankful that they're not where they used to be in this place this morning. We might, man, we might be lost and fretting and struggling and we might be surrounded and feel like, man, we're not, we don't know what's going on, why this is happening. But God is reminding us this morning, hey, it's not over. You still have a seat at this table. One of my favorite things, uh, favorite passages in the Bible, and I'm pretty sure, well, nobody's preached on this. Opportunity missed, but I feel like somebody has had to preach on Psalms 23 already. Is that the case in this series? Oh, I'm a genius. Here we go. Psalms 20, not yet. She's like preparing a sermon right now. She's like, man. Psalms 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest That'll preach, right? You prepare a table before me. It's my time to be done. In the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely the goodness of mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It says, yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? Listen, in my house, you can't tell this by looking at me. Eating was a good time. Don't laugh. We, we, We love, when food's good. When food's good, food's good. Even when food's bad, food's pretty good. But I'm from Florida, so my food's a little bit different. Then I moved out here. Like, I know I look white. I don't think I am. (laughs) Here's why I say that. Because in in Florida, man, people would hit me with, hey, you want some pizza? Nah, bro. What do you want? I want some fried catfish or some fried chicken and some black-eyed beans black-eyed peas. I want some collard greens, mustard greens, and they're like, is that it? I said, if you don't put the pepper sauce with the mustard greens and don't even serve them to me, let the church say amen. See, y'all know I can say this at New Movement, y'all with me. What y'all know about that? I ain't done though I'll take some of them french fries. Don't give me no crinkle cut. Don't give me no steak fries. Don't give me no little, little checkers fries. No, I want hand-peeled, hand-cut french fries the way my nana used to do it. Also, I need some hush puppies. Don't, don't be coming at me with no white people hush puppies. I'll throw them right back at you. I need you to put something in them that makes you know it makes your cheek pucker a little bit. When you eat them, you're like, yeah, that's good. That's exactly what I was looking for. Then I come out here. Soul food ain't really as much of a thing out here. But all of a sudden, they're like, you ever try cardiac carne asada? I said, "Nah, what's that? Try it. And I said, okay. 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 Y'all got any more of that? I don't eat rice. You'll eat this rice. I don't really like rice that much. Try this rice. I ate the rice. I said, I like rice. I'm not really much of a beans guy. Now I'll try these beans. Yeah, okay. All right. Here's some tripod. Uh uh-uh, uh 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 uh-uh. still no. I ain't eating it. I ain't changing that story, I ain't eating no intestines. Y'all can get over that. No, sir. But like things change. But in my family, it's always been fun, man. When we have holidays, we we grill. There's like six of us. My dad's like, hey man, I got like 12 racks of ribs. You can come if you want. There's always too much food, but, but it, the food's good, but it's never been about the food. It's about, been about the fellowship around the food. It's been about hanging with my family, especially as we've gotten older. It's been about coming together on holidays and when we can and just doing nothing else and having no other agenda than being in the presence of The food is good. Don't get me wrong. My family can throw down. I'll put my family up against anybody. I'll hit you with everything. I'll make some guacamole. I'll make some fried chicken. Boy, and I'll, I'll, you'll be like, that don't make sense, and you'll eat it, and you will slap your mama. It is so good. But it's still never been about the food, really. It's been about the people that we get to eat the food with. And I think about being at a table. And and when people read this verse, they always focus on the feast part. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies so that I can feast. But then I think about right before that he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. A valley of a shadow of death, that's LeGrand. Nobody wants to be in a valley of a shadow of death. It's scary. And it doesn't make sense. And why am I having to be here? But then I remember. Then I remember. God, I hope this chair don't break. Then I remember. That for there to be a shadow, there has to be a light. So as David's sitting here and he's writing this, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. Even when it looks terrible, you're still there. Even when I'm broken hearted, You've promised me that you would still be in my presence. Even when people stab me in the back, even when people say no, even when the medical reports look bad, even when the doctors say it's impossible, even when my spouse hates me, even when my kids won't talk to me, even when everything in life comes against me, even when all hell breaks loose and I don't know what's going on, you have promised me that you are still there, because even though I'm walking through a valley of a shadow of death, all it is is a shadow, and I know that if there's a shadow, there has to be a light, and the light is always going to be greater than the shadow And Jesus declared in the New Testament, I am the light of the world. I am the light that you need in your life. I am the light that you need in your family. And so David is so confident in believing and knowing and understanding. I feel like something switched when he wrote this. Okay, I'm walking through a valley of the shadow of death, but you're with me. Your rod, the thing that protects me, your staff, the thing that pulls me back, they comfort me. But here it is. Here's the whole thing about today. Even in the presence of my enemies. Let the haters hate. Let the naysayers say whatever they want to. Let the people that don't like you, they can talk trash as much as they want. Let the people that say it's impossible in your life, let them talk. Let them say what? If God doesn't say it, then it's not true. If God doesn't say it, it's not over. And so they said this. David said, even in the presence of people that don't like me, of people that talk bad about me, Even in the presence of bad medical reports, of tough finances, even in the middle of impossible situations, you're preparing a table for me. In the presence, right in the middle of all of the bad. And we think to ourselves, wow, that's incredible. God allows us to eat even, no, 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 no. Same thing in my family. It's never been about the food. It's been about the fellowship. It's, been, it's not ever been about the food. It's been about the people that we get to be around. It's never been about eating together. It's been about being together. But eating was just a product and a reward of being together. And I see that David's writing this and he realizes, God, you're preparing a table before me because you, you, are, you are starting to form a seat a seat at your table and if I'm sitting at your table it don't matter who's standing around me it don't matter who's touching me it don't matter who's messing with me it don't matter who's dealing with me it don't matter what I'm going through the seat at this table is stronger and more powerful and greater than anything that could surround me not because of the seat not because of anything else but because of the one who is preparing this table for me can I promise you this morning the same way that if I invited you to my house I would never invite you if there wasn't room for you I would never invite you if I didn't have space for you. Now I ain't going to lie to you I'm kind of a little, little ghetto I'll bust out bar stools, I'll bust out uh, dressers, I'll bust out end tables and you can sit on them but there will be a seat for you somewhere at my table if you are invited to my house because that's, that's just the, that, man, if, if, if I'm saying you're coming to eat with me and you say, yes, I am, I guarantee you when you get there, there will be enough food for you and there will be a seat for you wherever we're eating at. And that's just me. But what about God? What about God? The greatest, most powerful, most authentic, most just, most loving deity to ever be. He says, Hey, Becky, come eat with me. There's a seat at my table for you. Hey, Joanne, come eat with me. There's a seat at my table for you. Hey, Bruno, I know he's not in here. I'm right. sorry. There's a seat at my table. Come hang out with me. AJ, there's a seat at the table. I'm inviting you because when I invite you in, you have to know that when once you get here, there is plenty of room for you. And there's an opportunity for you to be in the same presence in the same places where I'm at. God, but I, I messed up. When I was in high school, I partied. I made bad mistakes. Honestly, I made uh, just dumb decisions. God said, yeah, 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 I know. So you coming or what? no, 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 God. You don't understand. I told you I loved you one day and then I acted like hell. The next day. I did everything the hell wanted me to do. Young, underage, all of that. So, and God's like, yeah, I, I understand. Dinner's at six. What are you saying? God, you don't don't get it i'm not worth your time becky can sing super good she should yeah right she should be at your table she loves her church she serves she does great things becky it makes sense that becky's at the table joanne she goes to two churches she loves one the most Serves. She loves serving people. She's honestly, she might not even want me to say this. She will serve people until she is just absolutely dog tired and doesn't want to do anything, but she will keep serving no matter what. I promise you, that's I've seen it. I've seen it more. She deserves to be at your table, God. She loves people. She loves to serve. She has your heart within her. She deserves to be at your table. But God, me, I still mess up. Not to the same magnitude, but there are times in my life where I, I struggle to have faith. God, I'm a pastor and I still mess up. You don't, do you even know my past? Do you even know what I've done? God says, Yeah. But remember that one time when the devil celebrated a little bit too early? Jesus, hey, I'm not here for dinner. I'm here for something. I'm here for the keys to death, hell, and the grave. That day, when Jesus declared that it was not over, is the same day upon your acceptance and the belief in that. Was the same day that your invitation became good to be at my table. God, you don't know my past. I don't care about your past. Your past once you come to Christ will be thrown as far as the east is from the west. God, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I did yesterday. You don't know what I did this morning. You don't know what I'm thinking about doing right now. You don't know the problems that I'm going through. You don't know, God, what, what's happening in my life. God says, yeah, I know. What time are you going to be here? Listen, at New Movement, I don't know who you are, what you've gone through, what you've dealt with. Can I promise you in God's kingdom, in God's house, and I know for sure at this church, there's a seat at the table for you. One of the... What are the um, biggest heartbreaks I guess most disappointed my dad's been in me he's had a lot of really good opportunities to be and yet he loved me through all of them, my my actual dad he told me I was stupid not in nicer terms he literally said AJ you are stupid for making those decisions but he loved me through all of them one of his biggest disappointments even to this day is if we have dinner planned I don't show up. And I never do that. I will never do that if there's not a legitimately good reason. But if I say I'm going to be there and I don't show up, even if it's a medical emergency, he's disappointed because he wants to commune with me. He wants to see his son. He wants to hang out with his favorite son. I have three brothers, but wants me to be there. He's prepared everything. My dad always buys the food. Dad, what? What do we need to bring? Nothing. Just come. It's fine. I, I got. I got ribs, steak, whatever you want. Dad, we can bring something. No, no, no. Mom, me, mom got it all. All you got to do is show up. And when I don't, all those preparations, all those plans, everything, is disappointed of everything he's already done, but because he missed an opportunity to hang out with me. God's already made a path. He's already made plans. He's already made an opportunity to sit at his table. And the very, very, very worst thing that we can ever do is to have an opportunity right here and not show up. bow your heads with me right where you're at let's not be a people that don't show up God has set the table I promise you everything you could ever want ever need ever desire it's there up Now it's on you to say, you know what, God, you're right. I hear your word this morning. I know I haven't always shown up. I know I haven't always been present, but I'm ready to change that. I want to have a permanent, consistent seat at this table. With all of our heads bowed, all of our eyes closed, if you're you're here and you say, you know what, AJ, I just want to commit to that. I want to commit to giving God everything that I have. that seat at the table. I don't want to disappoint him. I don't want to mess up his plans for my life and what he had. I really am ready to give him everything. If that's you, would you raise your hand right where you're at? Nobody's looking. You can put it right back down. Right back down. This isn't for me. This is for you to just acknowledge. You can put it right back down. It's just for me. For me to say, God, I need you. I'm sorry for everything that's happened from this point and all the way into the past. But I'm moving forward and I'm moving through that today. And if you're preparing a table and if you're setting a seat for me and setting a place for me, God, I want to walk in that. And I want to be in that place that you're preparing for me. Anybody else? Anybody else? You put it right back down. that as I pray, you pray also, because you know what you need in your life. If you need Jesus in your life, this is a good opportunity to ask him in. If you need a little bit better commitment in your life, this is a good opportunity to ask God to help you be more committed. If you if you need to forgive somebody or to forgive a situation or, or to, to break an addiction or whatever so that you can get closer to God, this is a great opportunity for you to do And by raising your hand, you acknowledge within yourself, I need something from God. I I need to get closer to him. I need to do better. I need to do something that allows me to sit at that table more consistently. So let's pray together. God, we love you and we thank you for this opportunity that you have given us this morning. We are so humbled by the fact as the most high being to ever be the one that created the universe the stars, the planets the solar systems the one that created us God you could you could stand out you could stand apart you could never communicate and yet your one desire been to be in communication with us. God, you're so holy. We don't deserve your attention for even a nanosecond. And yet you said, I want to commune with you so desperately. I'm going to prepare the table. I even, even in the presence of everything that's bad, I'm preparing a table for you. And so God, let us never take our seat at the table for granted. Thinking that we deserve it that we own it, thinking that we're worthy of it. The only person that's worthy of anything is you. And the fact that you allow us to sit at the same table as you, God, is worth our whole lives. So this morning, we rededicate ourselves and we we give you our lives. The dark parts, the, the parts that nobody knows about God, we give everything to you. God, because we want to be in your presence more. As you've set the table, God, we want to make sure that we capture our seat by capturing your heart. Thank you for this opportunity this morning. Thank you for your word this morning. God, I pray every single person that was bold enough to raise their hand, whatever the need is in their life, whatever the dedication level is in their life, God, I pray that you would raise it. Whatever, whatever it is, God, that may be holding them back, God, I pray that you will release something in their life. Because our one desire and our one passion is to draw closer to you and to be at your table. So God, thank you for the opportunity and the invitation to sit with you the blessings, not for the resources, God, but for the fellowship. And we know through fellowship, all the rest of that stuff will come. God, but our number one desire is to draw closer to who you are. So we love you, and we honor you, and we thank you for this morning in your word. In Jesus' name, we pray. Come on, can somebody say amen in this place?